everybody. Good evening. Have a, I hope you're having a great Thursday evening. I'm actually excited. I've got my dear friend, Reverend Betty, joining us. And um, right before we go into uh, it, it, welcome her in, I think the question that we're asking today is, what is your favorite word? other than Jesus, of course, you know? And I asked some of my team this, and um, Eben said this great, he said, my favorite word is grace. Um, the word that came to my uh, my heart was really unique. And I was like, I should be more like love or something. So what is your favorite word? You know, like if there's a word that you love um, posted, I'd like to hear uh, what your favorite word is. Um, so I've got some jokes for you as promised. Did you hear about the kidnapping at the school? It was fine, he woke up. Oh no, knock, knock, who's there? Broken pencil, broken pencil who? Never mind, it's pointless. Eben's giving me those jokes. Okay, last one. Why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? He couldn't see himself doing it. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> okay, so a bit on the serious things um, as we're looking at. Um, one of the things that happened last night was uh, there was a shooting in Atlanta. It was a very unfortunate incident and um, Atlanta, Georgia in the US. And the suspect who's being held is a 21 year old young man who's um, the police are saying that he did take responsibility for the shootings and um, the 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 report that I read on CNN says that family and friends are saying that he was in rehab for sexual addiction and was recently kicked out of his home as was very emotional. But CNN also says that he was a deeply religious person and that he would go off on tangents about his interpretation of the Bible. And he was very distraught about his addiction to sex. So I don't want to comment about this particular person, but eight people are dead. And, um, you know, our, our prayers and our, um, uh, we pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit upon them. And we send to their families and to their friends and to the city of Atlanta and to the people who've been affected. But I just want to um, not comment about a particular person, but I also, the reason he says he shot into this, this place was he said because they were a temptation. And I want to kind of, just kind of speak about how we cannot hold somebody else responsible for the temptations that we're going through. The Bible gives us the power of self-control. And there is that truth that we shouldn't harm somebody else in the process of our redemption. You know, um, this another thing that on March 3rd, Sarah Everhart, you know, a 33-year-old marketing executive was going from um, a friend's house in Clapham Common to Brixton Hill, and um, she was murdered on the way. And, um, you know, um, really, she has the right to walk home without the expectation of attack or death. Um, what I want to say is, um, like, I'm seeing just just this is from my heart that I feel that there is a personal responsibility as as us as Christians, that we have to understand that we've been given places of, of positive influence and that we can shift darkness, you know? And uh, as a Christian, we have pers personal responsibility. We cannot pass uh, the buck, you know? Um, we, we don't know what people do or don't do, but everyone has a reasonable expectation of safety in their workplace and, um, and, this is this is what I'm saying, and um, 
one thing is that we live in community. Let us do no harm. So we want to just pray in this season for justice and for the fear of the Lord to return to the land. One of the scriptures I'm thinking about and I'm praying for is um, is Proverbs 9.10, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. You know, so this is what I'm um meditating on. I want to walk in the love of God. I also want to walk in a holy fear of a holy, merciful, and just God. So without further ado, really, I want to introduce Reverend Betty King. She is a prayer warrior. She's an apostolic general of the faith. She is the founder of Betty King International Ministries, the Truth Wine Church. Um, she's so many things. She's not just um, in the in the the religious mountains, she's a businesswoman. She's into property development and business. Um, but she is a wonderful woman. She's full of wisdom, strength, kindness, love. She's um, you know she really is. She's leads people to a, a deeper sense of their identity and calling in God, and a more honest place. So. Reverend Betty, I want to welcome you to Revival Life. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's not like I've come home to see my beautiful sister. <laughs> More like coming home than anything else. Thank you. I just you, you are looking lovely, Reverend Betty, and you're looking very refreshed. I am. I am. Let's not say where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here with you today. It is so good to have you here. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I think I've known you for nearly like at least seven, eight years. Our first conversation was uh, we met through Corey Russell, yeah. you know, and Corey. Um, and that's how we first started connecting. And, um, you know, Corey Russell, IHOP and the, the prayer movement that they have there. But one of the things that I've seen in um, in my interaction with you is the wonderful presence and prayer that you carry in you know, your nations. Uh, but before I get to that, I, we, we, Reverend Betty, for those of you watching, Reverend Betty and I had a very wonderful conversation this afternoon. You know, we did. And Reverend Betty said something which I think is vitally important. She said this, she said, it is important as Christians that we live peaceably with people. This is what you said, and I wrote it down. You know, sometimes when I'm having conversations, I write down um, how, like, like if you're seeing what's happening in the news. What would you say to this? Is it important, really, Reverend Betty, that we live peaceably? The world that we are living in now is shaken. Everything that we know has been shaken uh, during this period of lockdown. Many people have looked deeper and we are still doing that. And uh, you, you know, we need one another. We really do need one another. That does not mean that we'll be living in each other's houses all the time, or we will be at some uh, given point or particular time, you'll be closer to someone than the other. You know, and I think it's very important that you just really maintain that pure heart and pure conscience. You have a tested conscience in all things that you do. So that even if somebody like Elion, when I heard you doing the introduction, you mentioned about not taking responsibility for someone else's action. This guy that went and killed in Atlanta, he killed to avoid temptation. But the issue was his. 
he had that issue of temptation. The people that he killed had nothing to do with his problem. And I think there's a lot of people that have their own issues. But so long as uh, it depends on you, you make sure that your, your conscience is tested. That way you will have the peace that is needed for you to walk this life. Because no matter, with all good intention, no matter what you do, somebody will misrepresent you. But I think because we stand before God, a lot of people are forgetting that every single thing we do and say is before an almighty God. We act as Christian, has a father in heaven. He's above every one of us. He sees and he knows every intention, every detail about our life. And I think if we go back to that, really being conscious of God, everything that we do, once we test our conscience and we test our heart, so long as our heart does not con uh, condemn us, and we know we do it with good intention. We know it before God. Whatever anybody says is for you to really bring out the fruits of the spirit to respond in the right manner so that the peace prevail. How they will take it has got nothing to do with you because that's their issue. But so far as you're concerned, if you do it God's way, the Holy Spirit then comes in alignment and you get somebody else to see. You will use someone to be a bridge to get the other person to see what is wrong. And I think we need to go back into that place that place where we trust God fully, the Holy Spirit fully. So long as you are doing right by God, so long as your mind is tested and your peace, you are at peace, leave the rest to God. He will vindicate you in the end. But not really putting on people's burden, trying to explain yourself, it gets muddy then. I mean, I mean you said so many good points, but I think one of the things that we're seeing is we are losing our consciousness of God and the yeah. transformation that God does in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, you said another thing that uh, it's just, I'm linking to that. You said that can unresolved issues in our past affect our present, Reverend Betty? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, a uh, sad thing is that, I mean, you and I, uh, uh, pastors, uh, leaders, a sad thing is that a lot of people do not know how to relate moving forward. And so when they meet, you know, everybody has got uh, the opportunity to be transformed and God is transforming his church from glory to glory. And because people have not had conversations for a long time, when they meet, they think they have to answer to something they thought the person might know. In answering, they just provoke, you know, uh, something that's not necessary. The reality, if that person has grown, they will see you've also grown. Like, again, I come back to say what you, you, you said earlier on. People, you can't really, uh, what people, uh, how people react to things, you have to leave them to it. But if you are transformed, if you know you are, you're not the same person, you can't let your past detect, uh, uh, detect to you. You must operate from your present. From Come now, on. I'm not what I used to be. From now, I'm a different person. If you're still holding me by something I did and I've repented and put right, that's your problem. It's a, a, a you using that to control and only are you using that to control. You using that uh, as a form of judgment. And the Bible also says clearly, do not judge, least you judge. Because in the same manner in which you judge, you will also be judged. But if the person has moved on from that and you are bringing that issue up, that's between you and God. We must come back to knowing that God sees and know everything. So yes, your past is not your future. And many people need to get the new memo that times have changed. Amen. I mean, that is, times have changed and you will, and I love the fact what you said that sometimes you will see other people accelerate mm -hmm. and they will go ahead. And that's between them and God because it is God who brings exaltation. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and so, you know, so, what do you what is your opinion about does the spirit of jealousy operate within the church reverend betty what are you talking about <laughs> a lot 
long as there's a devil, there'll be a spirit of jealousy. The Bible says the race is not to the swift, not to the strong, for it's the Lord that showed mercy. For mercy to be shown, you need to acknowledge that you're being judged. Mercy is only shown to the humble, the one that say, I have an issue, or I had an issue, and God showed me mercy. There's a lot of, uh, there's lack of humility in many people's hearts. And basically, they just think they've got it all together. They're these wonderful people. They know everything. But there's an issue still because of, uh, of, of God's redeeming power, and he's able to transform it. He, he puts his hand on stuff. And it's only when you say, well, well, God, I really, really need your help. He comes and he shows mercy. What does mercy does? Mercy is a fast track to glory. The moment you begin to acknowledge your weaknesses before God, like David did, God then just sees a heart that is willing to be transformed and aligned. And so then the swift the race then become... God then just accelerate you to a place where you can have dominion. Remember, woman of God, wherever you overcome, you have dominion over. You know, so come on. jealousy, jealousy will come from people that don't think that you qualify. Jealousy will come from people that do not know your secret life with God. Jealousy will come from people that just really are have an over exaggerated opinion of themselves, thinking that so far as they are angry with you, God shouldn't do anything uh, with you. You know, and that's what man is trying to make themselves idols, thinking that without them, God cannot do anything. And I think it's time for the church to break the fear of man, to know that so long as your heart posture is right before God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and do greater exploit. What does the strength of God do? God comes in our weakness. And when God comes into your weakness and you just really allow him to do what he has to do, he'll do what he has to do in your life. Jealousy, it's necessary because somebody has to make scripture come alive that I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Someone needs to be a spectator to see the goodness of God in your life. So if you have the privilege or the opportunity for someone to be jealous, just thank them that somebody actually is fulfilling scripture in your life. They are watching whilst you are going. Amen. Um, it's, uh, you know, this is, people don't understand our journey. You know, uh, no. I heard a, a, a pastor of, of a pastor who somebody came and said, I want your anointing. Can you pray what? for me? <laughs> so the person said, uh, started praying and the, the pastor started praying said lord take him through the valleys i've gone through yeah. take him through the wilderness i've gone through and this person refused to say amen okay but the thing is we learn so many things in the intimate place that we have with our god that when we come to our knees you know and that's when we understand the love relationship the intimacy that we have with god you know yeah. and a lot of people don't understand that the war, the battle is won in our prayer closet or the battle is won on our knees, you know. So I want to ask you, as someone, I've, I've seen you do spiritual warfare. You call me up when you see different things in the spirit. You say, you'll be like, Preeti, you need to um, you need to be uh, careful because you're, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So as someone who does spiritual warfare and th sees things in the spirit, what would you say some of the keys of spiritual warfare are that you've learned along the way? And how is intimacy with God important on that, Reverend Betty? 
You know, a uh, woman of God, the uh, one thing God spoke to me some time ago, um, you know, the Lord was really, really doing some incredible things in my life. And I'm very grateful. And every time that I have to speak to people, just going back on something, I just wanted to address it. Uh, I will try to say, I went through this. That's why God is blessing me. And one morning the Lord woke me up and he said, don't, don't you ever justify um, you know, your blessing. Don't you ever justify that. And so right. I think it's very, very important for you not to devalue the sacrifice that Jesus Christ himself went through in your obedience, in partnering with him, in your obedience to him, he knows what to give to you. But for other people to feel good about themselves, just by you saying that I went through this hell for me to get what I've got, that's an injustice to God because he chose whom he wants to bless. Everybody that is watching this, every believer has got the same years to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. It's through your obedience that he blesses you. So if somebody is watching and you made to feel like you have to tell people that I went through this hell and God gave me that, he can bless you even if you're still a sinner. Let me prove that to you. There was a guy that was next to God, Jesus Christ, the day of the crucifixion. And he recognized Jesus' deity. He recognized a broken man on a cross. And many people need to recognize the beauty in the brokenness of another person. The beauty, you know, if somebody is sick and the person is a prayer warrior and the person is on hospital bed, that's the beauty of God. The beauty of God. You could see the tapestry of God, the, the, the misunderstandings of God in that person that loves God still on the, on, the, on the hospital bed. And you not understanding what you can do is to see the darkness that is around the person and speaking to it. Now, in answer to me being a, a spiritual warfare, when you read uh, the book of Genesis, it talks about gross darkness, gross darkness, Covered the earth and God came and he spoke. Now, here's the thing. Every time I see us as intercessors, as spiritual warfare, we see what is wrong. Seeing what is wrong does not make you a good prophet or a good seer. But fixing it is where the glory comes. Come on. Right? We can all see what is wrong, but actually results is what everybody is looking for. So if I see that something is going on in this nation, I can come in agreement with that negativity. And when that comes to pass, I will look in front of everybody that I'm this wonderful person that spoke and it came to pass. As a matter of fact, my role as an intercessor is to see because God reveals to redeem. My role is to see and reverse it. I get the glory and the provision by the giants you conquer and take out. So once you've got all this noise that they said this and it came to pass, they said this and it came to pass. If it, if it was no re reverse, you don't get any authority. There's no authority with being right. There's Amen. no authority. But there is authority when no one knows, no one knew that you knew how to wage a good warfare and it came to pass and God says, here, I'm giving you a piece of land. Here, I'm giving you a piece of this because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And he only knows what to reward based on how you award. So the key, thing, the key thing, based on how you award, I rest and I move, I pray, I pray out of peace because I know that God pays two big wages. And so speaking, declaring that a thing coming to pass, that's fine. Everybody say, wow, look at this guy. Look at this woman. We all have done that. It looks good. But my power, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the believer that God wants from all of us is to shift things around. Turn things around. Stand in one place and turn things around. That's authority. That's who heaven has got angels backing, by the way. Because heaven will only give to the one that knows how to use the word of God skillfully. 
skillfully. And so in, in warring, we can see what is wrong about every single thing. Let me give you an example. I said it several times in many places. I'm not uh, taking the glory for it, but it works. A few weeks ago, we were sending some container to Ghana. And while we were doing that, it started to rain. And before then, I was sitting in my office and my spirit man was groaning within me. And I know that if the rain was to go on the things, it will get work in the container. That's the, uh, by the time it gets to Africa, it will be destroyed. I stood outside the church and I spoke to the rain. And I said, you hear the voice of the Lord. You hear the word of the Lord. Just like Joshua commanded, I'm stopping you from raining till this container is loaded. And you fall right after the container is loaded. We loaded the container. A minute after the, they shut the container, the rain came like a deluge. I saw the darkness. I spoke to it. I needed to operate. And so in what the Lord is doing in his church and in the believer's life right now, we should stop some of these things and get back to the place where when we speak, it comes to pass. When we say this, it comes to pass. You know, when, when, when we say when the Lord spoke, when the Lord was going to deliver the children of Israel uh, from Egypt, Moses, I, I love what Yemiah they just, just said, Moses heard the voice of God and he confronted darkness with darkness. Even when we see darkness, what is the strategy for darkness to get our attention for us to turn things around? And so right now, in terms of spiritual warfare, we need to get ourselves ready as God is preparing his church that when we speak a matter, it will come to pass because that's the only place that we'll begin to see real authority and the power of God flowing through his church. Amen. I mean, I love that point. Just because we get revelation, it doesn't mean that, I mean, Pharaoh, uh, the baker, the, the cupbearer, Nebuchadnezzar had revelation. You know, they, he had the dream, but the interpretation came from God and the application. So you that's look right. at, I mean, and that's where, and you know, I, I, you, you brought in so many points. See, seeing things is not just it. It's about shifting atmosphere. Um, yeah, and, uh, but I have this other question that I have to ask you right now, Reverend Betty. Just because I see things, should I be posting everything that I see on social media? Police. <laughs> the, the, police. You see, here's the thing, though. Uh, and, you know, that is something that quite is heartbreaking. Social media, there's good points with social media um, and there's bad points with social media, but you cannot put strategy there. You know, you cannot put strategy or all of these things there because what the devil is doing is a thank you very much. I don't need to go and do anything because you're giving it to me. You know, uh, you must put encouragement. You must put uh, things that you really know that it will, the enemy cannot really break it up. If you're going to give a word, make sure that it breaks in. You know, but it doesn't break you. And so we really need to really, really, really have a lot of wisdom as to what we post on social media. A lot of people do prayer things. You know, they're, they're, we need tremendous wisdom in this season as to what we put on social media uh, at this time. Social media has got its good points. But definitely, if you are building a church, if you're a pastor watching and you're discipling your people, come on, find a way. There are private uh, uh, platforms that you can use instead of doing your entire church on social media. What are you trying to do? Amen. You know, so um, there, there need to be wisdom. There really, really need to be wisdom. 
there needs to be wisdom and also the fact that just because people are not so there are prophets who are not posting certain things because god has asked them to keep it private and honestly uh, uh, i think for that well i mean those those uh, who know us will know that uh, probably 99 99% of what we do is hidden and we do a lot come on and i think it goes back to what you were saying about there needs to be a place of intimacy between uh between us and god and us the body of christ and god i mean most people what they see outside of a marriage is not the 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 best part of the marriage the marriage the best part of it is what you have at home in your in the intimacy that you have with a spouse that is the best part of the marriage There's i can a... see you want to say something reverend betty <laughs> I love the ten virgins. The ten virgins uh, in uh, in the Bible. Uh, the Bible says when the bridegroom uh, came, they got out, and the five of them took. Uh, um, they, they they got out and went to the the other ones uh, took the oil with them. You see, without the oil, there will be no lamp. Come on. You know, that without the oil, there will be no lamp, and the oil is what fuels the lamp. And a lot of people, when they hear that there's a move of God coming, they, they, they just copy and paste, copy and paste. When you have the oil, everything that comes out of you is the authentic. It's authentic. A million people could be doing it. One person do it would be so unique because it's called specifically the bridegroom, the, the Jesus Christ know who it's for. So you don't go and be looking for numbers. You don't go and be looking for X, Y, and Z. You go looking for the specific. Because when you are in communion with God, you are also assured of the fact that the one person is important. The 10 person is important. The thousand, the million people uh, is important. Look, I'm on God TV. And I know the volumes of people that watch our show in a day. I'm grateful for that. And But none of these things that we do comes just like that you must have a, a secret prayer life the secret prayer life is not getting up holding your hand like zen like so and then go rabbi yeah 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 meanwhile the holy spirit is trying to break in into your heart to say what's your whatever that you are doing hey hey have you spoken to your mother Hey, have you put this thing right? And he's breaking you. He's trying to find a way to come into your heart. And that's the unraveling of you. That's the untaking of your clothing, your, 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 your defense mechanisms, the things that you are hiding behind. When, when he points out that I think you could do this better, and all of a sudden you begin to shout louder. And he says, can you just hear me? That you want to move forward, and there's a step you need to take, and the step that you need to take is forgiveness. The step you need to take is discretion. The the step you need to take is avoidance. The step, and then you're not listening, but you consume by your need, you consume by uh, unnecessary things, unresolved issue, and whilst you're praying, receiving from Him, you pray too much, but you don't have direction, and that's what most people do, and they run out of steam. So when the real time come for you to engage with the bridegroom, you have no oil. They've run out of steam completely. You know, there's no, there's no oil. And so because uh, um, uh, um, there's no oil, 
people then begins to wonder, God, have you left me? Oh, I feel burnt out. Lord, I feel this way. Lord, I feel... No, you don't feel nothing. It's just that there's a, an invitation to an intimate place. There's an invitation uh, to, to for oil, for you to have enough in, in your vessel so that when the lamp, you don't get burnt out. Because whatever that we have to engage can dry you up. And so operating where your oil is full, it, it, it makes the work easier. And it keeps Amen. you young as well. Amen. I, you know, you were saying some like a lot of people, they will receive maybe the A of, of a word and not understand that there's an entire alphabet to follow. Sometimes you, you hear just half of it and you think, oh, it's A, I'm going to America, but God may be calling you to Africa, you know, or, you know, any, but so so. There is there as a prophet, and I know that you operate as a prophet. You are an apostolic yeah, leader in the nation, but as a prophet, how would you say the keys of receiving direction and clarity from the Lord? Because I know two things. I know that you will say, and I, I want you to touch on this. One is how community, how hearing from different community also works, and because you build a community around you. And the I second. Love that. Yeah, and um, I want to hear from you because you were speaking to me from Acts of the Apostles about when Paul received his calling. We, That's by the way, Reverend about. Betty and I talk on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what sisters do. Now, here's the thing. Um, when Apostle Paul, he was a man of God. The Bible, he was called Saul at the time. When you read Acts chapter 22, he had come before the Romans and he was stating his case. He was because he, he was stating his case. So he started by sharing his testimony and the testimony that he started sharing was very simple. I used to be the prosecutor of these people that I'm speaking on their behalf. I used to be this. And in fact, when si, uh, uh, Stephen was being killed, his clothes were uh, at my door. And then before then, he, he said that he had this encounter. But here's what he said. He said, I was with my people. And I, God came to me. The people around me saw the glory. They saw it. But God spoke to Paul, Saul alone. The people around him saw. They saw, they knew there was, a, there was a heavenly encounter. They knew that God was surrounding them, the fear, because Paul, Saul had fallen from his donkey, and they knew there was a change. But Saul was the only one, at the time even, that was able to discern the voice of God, telling him, go to the house of Ananias. So what did he do? He goes to the house of Ananias. Ananias knew the Saul was coming. Saul could hear from God, but he couldn't interpret it. He could hear, but he needed interpretation, interpretation as to what he was seeing and feeling. And the Bible also said then a devoured man and devout man then called uh, uh Saul and said receive your sight now here's what's happening in order for this whole movement and this is something that you know I share with the different groups or when I'm teaching uh, 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 there's something that the Holy Spirit and uh precious Jesus is building not everything that you hear means you can interpret it Come on. if you're doing God well there will be someone that he will lead you to for you to get the fullness of the picture. 
If Come you're on. doing this well, let me give you an example. If you're doing this well, you must let the spirit of humility must come among people all right otherwise what we are hearing is familiarity what we are hearing is familiar spirit coming through and then we constantly say the lord is about to do this are you kidding me There's, there is such a big move of god in this nation um some of the places you go all you all somebody have to say is glory and people are on the floor in in great britain come on you know not in africa in great britain it's a fact but the reality of it is that we need to really now begin to work together. Who is the Lord telling me to go for the understanding or the clarity? Now, here's another thing. Uh, Ananias was scared because everybody knew Saul's reputation. Yeah. And this guy's going to kill us. He wasn't sure where Saul was at. But the, the underlying word was there. He was a devout man. And so God could trust him to hear him for Saul's deliverance for his sight. And when he went there, he saw. The reality of it is that Saul needed to deconstruct some of the things that he's come with because up to that point, he was living under a curse. He was a cursed man and he was continued to increase that curse level on him by hearing from a God based on his tradition and his culture by hearing, doing what was right, but it was not of God. And many people are doing what's right, but not God. They're not doing God. Amen. Okay. So they, they're hearing, this is the right thing to do, but is God in it? Is God in it? I remember uh, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I had to uh, travel. And uh, just when I got to the airport, um, obviously, I, I, you know, sorry, this is something I've worked on, but I often will go to the airport very late simply because I just want to get straight into the flight without, um, you know, sometimes people know you and they will come, can you pray for me? And then also they know you are the lounge, so they want prophecies. I'm telling you, I just wanted to go straight to uh, the duty free and go to uh, um, the, the thing. But anyway, for some reason, I got there early and I saw this queue and this commotion that was going on. There was a commotion going on. And I just, for goodness sake, I've done the right thing for once. I'm at the airport earlier. And now this young man is going to delay the flight. But I, I fell to go and talk to the young man. You know, I really did. So I went and I spoke to the young man and just really diffused the situation. You could tell that if he carry on, they would take his luggage off and he cannot travel. So then I called, uh, so that we went on the plane, everything I went, he went. So when I got to my destination, my protocol officer came and I asked my protocol officer, the gentleman that I was going to have the meeting with, has he been able to get in touch with him? He said to me, I've not been able to speak to him for three days. No one knows where he's at. But you are a woman of faith, so pray that this guy suffers because I've gone to meet that particular person. The reason, and so whilst I was talking to my protocol officer, he picked up the phone to call this young man, uh, the man that I was supposed to meet. And so then I saw the guy that I met at the airport that I diffused the situation coming towards me, smiling. And the phone rang, so he picked up the phone to answer. Oh, from my protocol officer okay from my protocol officer and then the guy comes to me we started smiling and my protocol officer asked me do you know this guy i said oh he was about to get the plane uh stopped so i have to intervene listen that was why i went there he needed my interpretation of a yeah. nature that was going to get me to miss something god has for me an opportunity for him 
I was able to interpret to the people that he is stressed maybe because of something that he has to go and do. It was for my breakthrough. Come on. It was for my breakthrough. You know, it was this guy that I was going to meet. And then we hugged at the airport, needless to say. And so many people, you need to really be that devoured person. You need to be that Ananias, that devoured person to really begin to see the transforming power of God. If not, Saul would never have become Paul. And really right now, there's so much darkness but you can see light in people. There's lights popping up left, right, and center. And the Holy Spirit is pushing these lights uh, to come forth. And they can hear God, but they cannot interpret God. They cannot interpret God. They, they would not even know. Many people can't interpret God. They get this word, and this word feels right in their heart. They, it, it connects with something or somebody they want to talk to. And so they push it out there, and it creates more darkness than light. But I tell you something, the true word of God come, it brings conviction. Then that is where the persecution come. Because when the word of God come and there's persecution with it, God then is able to protect you. God then is able to put those sweets in your mouth because you're doing his will, not your will. I think we need to come back to that place where we know that our master, our king, our savior watches every step we take. If we come to that place right now, we would know who to go to for interpretation, for transformation, Amen. and for dominion. Saul did that. He had curses broken off his life. He had curses. His eyesight was restored. He had the strength to endure the most tremendous persecution simply because he encountered God. Amen. Reverend Betty, you're on fire. I miss you. You know, I I really missed you talking to you. You know, um, Reverend Betty, can you I know you have another meeting, so can you quickly say a prayer for all those who are watching? Um, um, just a quick prayer and uh, bless. Yes, I um recently, I think uh, woman of God, I promise to send you that word, and I will. Um, recently, we in a meeting, another meeting, the watchman anointing was released uh, upon us. Uh, and the watchman anointing was released upon us because the next 10 months, um, we, need to, we need to buckle up. We really need to buckle up. And that's enough uh, for this forum. Um, but I really want uh, 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 to pray for the watchman anointing uh, to fall on everybody. The watchman anointing briefly uh, means God will show you what is to come. And but also you have the grace and the ability to turn it around. In the beginning, a gross darkness covered the earth. But when God showed you shows you what is wrong, you can call it. You can speak into it. When you begin to speak into things, doesn't mean that it will happen overnight. And that's where you might deal with misunderstandings and misrepresentation or people that does not understand the nature of the processes of God. So they'll quickly say the thing didn't come to pass. We have seen that recently. And the thing is that if you continue to listen to those voices and come in alignment with that, you empower the negativity so that then we have dominion more than what God is saying. And I think that the watchman anointing will also get you to see other watchmen because they will they will be understanding and they will also understand your language. And so that's all I want to release on you, the watchman. And even with that will come dreams. Some of you will have negative dreams. 
The negative dream is not for you to not do anything about it because if you do not get up when you have a negative dream and then take out the emotion that came with that dream, you'll find a resting place in your heart. So if the dream comes with an emotion of anger, you find the next day you're angry, you're frustrated, but the, the greater is he who is in you, the who is of this world. So when you wake up after receiving the watchman anointing and you have this emotion, stick to your soul. Rise up, for you are yet to praise God. Some of you, you probably have the watchman anointing already. And in the last few days, you might be feeling bogged down, tired. No one likes me. You are dealing with the, the, the emotions of a nation, feeling rejected, misunderstood, misrepresented. You, you're carrying that burden. And if you don't know how to interpret it or who to go for it to uh, interpret, you think you're the one. And so I break that off you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen to me. If you are a prayer person, you will also be a burden bearer. You will carry the burdens. And you don't have to take that as a reality. You don't have to take that and you are feeling that way. You will watch and you pray. So when you get up and you're feeling that way, you, that's your prayer point. You get up and you decree life. You decree life. You speak life over everyone. You speak life over nation. You speak life over the churches. You speak that. You watch and then you pray at the same time. But you can only see when you can feel. All right? And so some of you are feeling, you can see well, you can identify with it. Oh my gosh, if you know the honor and the privilege and also the, the jealousy of God himself, the, the passion of God, you know, oh, if you could see that through your pain. I remember one time, I was going through something and then I, I looked in the face of Jesus Christ and I could see his joy. And I asked the question, why do you have joy? And he says, because you trust me. You trust me that after this, there's something far better. And some of you need to see that. All that you are going through, look in the face of Jesus Christ and know this, if he's allowed you to go through that, then he trusts you. Oh, something far wonderful wonderful is coming to your life because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is the anointing, the authority that God is birthing in you. You are set for the best time of your life. It's not over till God says it's over. I tell you something, you carry the burden for Jesus. You allow him to boast on you. You allow him to boast on you. The pretty went through what she went through, but he didn't take her out. And then God looks at her and she says, daughter, this is the best season of your life. You will now know how to be more compassionate for somebody else that goes through that. And you will see that when God brings you to harvest and preaching, this is a word for you. When your church begins to be filled with harvesters, fishermen, and hunters, you will know how to really move each and everyone in the position that will bring the revival because you are a revivalist, woman of God. And your place is a hub for revival. I decree that. And that's your reality. No matter what happens in the East, you are put there for revival and you will see that desire. I bless everybody watching with a revelation of Jesus Christ. I bless everyone watching tonight with a revelation of love. Love who God is as a father. God is as a friend. I bless you. 
with a watchman anointing and I activate every gift, every calling, every gift, every calling, every anointing, everything Satan has used negativity to try and silence you. I remove that shield off you and I speak lies. And Priti and Rakesh, I decree and I declare, this is the best season of your life. You, woman of God, will arise and you will shine. And you, woman of God, you will fulfill your destiny. Revival, 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 revival. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. Shake off those clothes. Rise and shine. For the glory of the Lord would risen. You will see that every seed that you have sown in the east will become a great harvest. As a matter of fact, the capstone church that you are in is not the place for you. You're going to go into a place where you will expand. You will have schools. You have nurseries. You will have that because that's your portion. Blessings and blessings and blessings in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Don't settle for less. Hallelujah. Amen, oh, Reverend Betty. I'm a bit lost for words. I do love you, and um, it's it's just um, thank you for just being on um, what you all the things that you've said, and thank you for praying and the prophecy. I'm tearing up, Reverend Betty. <laughs> you know, and um, uh, and. Um, Reverend Betty's, Betty's ministry is uh, bettykingministries.org. You can more, get more information if you go on there. And um, wonderful, wonderful uh, <laughs> women of God and a team that they've got on. So thank you so much, Reverend Betty. Um, um, I thank you for the prayer and I thank you for the prophetic word. I, I, want, I will speak to you probably next couple of days I had about the watchman anointing and a dream I had. We'll catch up yeah. um, over the next. So thank yeah, you that, so much. Yeah. That, be good. Well, before we go, please, if you're watching this and you have a church, support your local church. You know, just really go back. If you're a Capstone member, please go back there. God is about to hit there with his fire. You know, just go back home. Find a home. It's important. Uh, that's very important. Amen. And um, and I honor you. Um, thank you so much. Next week, I've got Pastor Agu joining me My for this trip. My beloved brother, <laughs> who I love dearly. And he's yes. going to do greater works. <laughs> yeah. um, he's he's joining me next week, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Reverend Betty, I know you have another, uh, another school. Yeah, you, you have another school that you're on. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I want to thank everyone who's joined. I can see so many comments and so many of the things. Um, um, thank you so much for uh, subscribing. Uh, like it share it if you find that this message will change people's lives make sure you share it if you're part of a, uh, a prophetic group or intercession group tell them to watch this because Reverend Betty has brought in so many wonderful keys that will open up a, a, a an authority level over our lives so i would say write it down and yes you know listen in full to what god is saying at the season bless you guys have a wonderful evening join me next thursday 7 p.m for revival life bye